Welcome into the Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network, filling in today for Bruce Hooley. Thank you for listening. We have quite a show lined up for you. In just a moment, we're going to talk to the Deputy Communications Director of Vivek Ramaswamy's 2024 presidential campaign about Vivek's commitment after the Colorado Supreme Court used Justice Neil Gorsuch's ruling to justify disqualifying Trump from the GOP primary ballot. Uh, At 1135, by the way, set an alarm, I'll be joined by Jamie Reed. She is a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman, and politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. She thought she was saving trans kids. Now she's blowing the whistle. And she has an interest in Ohio House Bill 68. That's the bill that contains the SAFE Act that prohibits puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and gender mutilation surgeries for minors. She's going to tell you her story, her personal story, what she saw, and why she's blowing the whistle. And then at 12.06, we will have the exclusive first interview with U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Marino after he received the Trump endorsement last night. Get over to the OhioPressNetwork.com and you can read the story there. We'll ask Bernie, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to the rest of the Republican field? But before we get to all that, I want to welcome him on. He is the Deputy Communications Director of Vivek 24. And uh, Stefan Muhailu, welcome back to The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you. I, I think I may have to stick around and listen for a few hours. You, you got one heck of a lineup coming up. Man, you know, we're blessed. We really are. And uh, we're blessed to have you. I was excited that you were available this morning. This is a big deal. Um, and if you don't mind, I think it's important. Are you, would you be OK if I played Vivek's statement that he posted to Twitter and then we kind of break it down? Would that be OK? Absolutely. OK. Absolutely. So Vivek posted this last night in the wake of uh, the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to disqualify Trump from the primary ballot. Uh, cut seven. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed-out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we, the people, select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado 
GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing, or else they're complicit in what this security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that, and I expect them to do the right thing. Powerful statement from Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, Stefan, first of all, I don't recall there being a trial. Bob France asked me this today when I was on his radio show. Uh, Was this a mandamus action, and how did we get here so quickly? Can you weigh in on that first? Well, unfortunately, we got here so quickly because radical progressives and the far left will do anything in their power uh, to corrupt our Constitution, to corrupt our democracy, uh, and block Donald Trump uh, from appearing on the ballot. It appears as though there's going to be a rocket docket going straight to the Supreme Court because I think early January, Colorado is going to make a decision. Is Donald Trump on the ballot or not? You know, as far as Vivek Ramaswamy is concerned, Jack, that was a pretty powerful statement. And I can tell you you from working personally with Vivek that he did not poll. He did not have consultants or a focus group or talk to people about what he should say. He spoke from the heart about protecting our Constitution and the fact that he absolutely positively will not appear on the Colorado ballot if Donald Trump does not as well. And he was very strong in his words to Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, that they should do the same. It's time to stand up for democracy, put politics aside. And Vivek Ramaswamy dropped a lot of truth bombs mm-hmm. in that clip that you played. Didn't he, though? Uh, he spoke from the heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he's, he's fighting for democracy and the people. One of the things that I said earlier today was I'm stunned. I remember George Soros writing an editorial that was published by The New York Times, of course, And in that, he essentially said, the ship has sailed. This is already in motion. And when I look at our justice system and how this has happened, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that this is a microcosm of what's possible. I mean, Donald Trump is a billionaire and he is going to pay for it out the nose. I can't imagine his legal bill every year. But is this, in your opinion – does this is this done to try to smear Trump? Because I don't think it'll stand. And and two, is it a bigger warning that if you stand up against this state, it's whack a mole, and we will come after you, and you will lose? Yeah, it's far bigger, Jack, than the twenty twenty four election. I mean, I think of my own family. They came to America in nineteen sixty five, escaped the communist regime, and they didn't have the freedom of speech the freedom to express their opinions, to worship. Uh, And they came to the greatest country in the world. Uh, And my Baba, my Dida, my grandmother, grandmother and grandfather, they're rolling in their graves right now of what's happening. And it's an issue that is far bigger than Donald Trump or this election. It is about maintaining the integrity of our republic, about fighting for our democracy. And if anybody thinks otherwise, they are sadly mistaken. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy on the campaign trail says we are at war, mm-hmm. and he's right. <laughs> we absolutely have to, uh, you know, bear arms when it comes to fighting for uh, our faith, our freedoms, our constitution. And this is far deeper than one court case or about whether or not Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy is on the ballot in Colorado. This is about defending freedom, our constitution, our way of life, and our democracy is at stake. And if people think 
Now, if that's not the case, they are sadly mistaken, and they, they better get in the battle mm-hmm. uh, because this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the, the radical left and trying to fight people like Vake Ramasamy, Donald Trump, and conservatives. What do you expect will happen with Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Chris Christie? Do you think that they will stand up, or do you think they will make excuses in this critical moment? Yeah, Jack, I'm, I'm going to be blunt in the same way that Vivek Ramaswamy speaks the truth uh, at all times. I think they're spineless cowards for not coming out right away and joining Vivek Ramaswamy and saying, if Donald Trump is not on the Colorado ballot, we will not appear as well. I'm sure they're running to their super PAC puppet masters and their pollsters and their consultants and their focus groups and figuring out what they have to say, what's the popular position they need to take. Uh, and that's wrong. And I think that's why Vivek Ramaswamy's position is resounding with a lot of conservatives across the country, not just Iowa, New Hampshire, or South Carolina. The fact that immediately he said, this is wrong. This is bigger than Donald Trump. We must defend the Constitution. And he is not going to appear on the ballot if Donald Trump is not as well. I mean, it's very simple. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to make decisions when you know what your values are. Uh, and that is true for Vivek Ramaswamy. It is not true for Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the guy that sticks his finger in the air to check uh, the, the barometric pressure. He seems to act from a core, from a value system. And I think that's attractive. Uh, we only have about 30 seconds here, so I'm going to try to tee this last question up. One of the things I've heard as a criticism of Vivek is that his, his numbers aren't necessarily going up. I look at that and I go, well, of course, because the people who would vote for him are staunchly Trump. Uh, do you think that that is the case? Do you think that there's a tremendous amount of overlap between Vivek and Donald Trump? I do. Uh, you know, Vivek says he's not running against Trump. He's not running against anyone in the GOP. He's running for the American people. Look at Rick Santorum in 2012. Three weeks before the Iowa caucus, he was at 5% dead last. Three weeks later, he won that caucus. I think there's a groundswell of support of first-time voters, people who normally wouldn't be called for a poll, who are going to show up in droves uh, in the Iowa caucus for Vivek, and that momentum will push him over the edge in New Hampshire and South Carolina. Uh, Stefan, thank you for investing time with us this morning and give my thanks to Vivek for standing firm. You got it, Jack. Hey, stay tuned to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Stefan Muhailu, thank you for joining us today on The Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, I just really appreciate talking with you, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Trisha McLaughlin. Everyone on that team speaks with vigor and passion, and really it appears from a position of belief, and it's it's refreshing. So thanks for spending time with us. Hey, I want to tell you about our partners uh, at the Freedom Foundation. The Freedom Foundation has been helping government employees uh, unhitch from labor unions, escaping union bondage. Since that Janus decision handed down by the Supreme Court five years ago, and the way that they do that is they help you opt out of your union. Lots of people, I've talked to some in the last month, don't even know that they have the option to opt out of their union. And when they do, they're going to save about $1,000 per year. The good news is that that money doesn't go to union bosses, which our reports at the Ohio Press Network have uncovered, monolithically supports Democrats and progressives. 
These are the people who are funding the progressive movements in our schools that we scratch our heads at and go, how in the world did we get here? Because they're funded. They're well-funded. And uh, breaking news I just received from the Freedom Foundation, uh, they secured a monumental win in their effort to decertify the Miami-Dade Teachers Union. Despite months of desperate attempts, the United Teachers of Dade came up short in an attempt to bring its membership up to the 60% threshold necessary to avoid a recertification election required under terms of a new law passed by Florida's legislature this past summer. That's what a legislature and a governor that understands who is funding the movement looks like. So this is big news because uh, decertifying UTD would cripple one of the nation's largest teachers unions virtually overnight, depriving its leaders and the politicians they corrupt of millions of someone else's dues. And that's what happens. They take the tax dollars that you pay that go to the salary of the teacher and they collect them in form in the form of dues to support these politicians and progressive movements. And even better, seeing it happen at UTD will embolden the disgruntled public employees all over the country to take on their union. And you can do that by going to optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. And you will see how simple and seamless it is to unhitch, to uh, opt out of your union. Do it. Share it with a friend. So uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we will be joined at 1135 by Jamie Reed. And I genuinely wish that I had an hour to spend with Jamie I uncovered her story around February of February this year, maybe. Uh, she had a story published, and the title of it was, I thought I was saving trans kids. Now I'm blowing the whistle. There are more than 100 pediatric gender clinics across the U.S. She worked at one of them. And what's happening to children is morally and medically appalling. Those are her words, not mine. And by the way, this is not a Trump Republican. This is not a hardcore right-wing Christian conservative. This is a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman, in her own words, politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. And I believe that she's even in uh, a relationship with a trans, what she would call a trans male. But you are not going to want to miss what she is going to say to you about the goings on at the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Yes, at a children's hospital. One of the arguments that we often hear from folks who say, why are you passing the SAFE Act? This is a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. Well, then why do we have 100 pediatric gender clinics across the United States? Why is Governor Mike DeWine taking time to mull over a bill that the average person goes, well, wait a minute, it makes sense. You wouldn't cut your kid's finger off. Kid can't get a tattoo, can't drink alcohol, can't smoke tobacco, can't smoke weed legally, can't can't do all of these things, but we're going to allow this child to be filled with drugs, whether it's a cross-sex hormone or a puberty blocker, and lop off a body part. This is happening. We've uncovered it. You've heard it. And you need to hear it a hundred more times and tell other people 
we've uncovered that this really took off around 2015, 2016. One of the things that you'll hear from proponents of trans, quote, trans care, it's not care, by the way. It's not gender affirming and it's not care. This movement really took off. Well, of course it did. Um, Cheryl Atkinson did an investigative expose on how there are two drug companies that are heavily funding this movement. One of them produces HIV drugs. Well, why would they do that? Because 40% of people who engage in the lifestyle contract AIDS, HIV. So now they have a bigger supply pool, or excuse me, demand pool for their drug. And the other drug is a chemical castration pill, which, you know, is given to kids to keep them from producing the hormones and developing internally the things that would allow them to reproduce as God created them to reproduce. So these organizations are funding this movement. That's why it took off. This is not a groundswell, organic, you know, people are are raising a ruckus because they feel like trans kids aren't being taken care of. This is, this, (laughs) this is infused by those drug companies we know that the Daily Wire reported that it, it's uh, Pfizer and, and PHRMA, or I'm assuming it is pronounced Pharma, which is a medical industrial drug complex organization that takes in dollars and spends those dollars for activism. And I have been on social media so many times in the past six months discussing House Bill 68 which, by the way, it also contains the Save Women's Sports Act. We'll talk about that later in the show. Um, and, I, you know, when we have Bernie Marino on at uh, 1206, I want him to weigh in on this. Where does Bernie stand on uh, House Bill 68? But we hear that you're coming from a position of ignorance. You don't understand what trans kids are going through. How much time have you spent with a trans kid? Do you know how difficult life is? Do you know how good it is for them? They're happy healthy and alive because of this trans care. Well, I'm going to bring someone on air in just a couple of minutes who's seen it hundreds, if not thousands of times. And she's going to tell us from her direct experience what she saw. And you need to listen to this and consider this. And then you need to call the governor and let him know what you think about House Bill 68. So stay tuned. Uh, Jamie Reed will be with us next. You don't want to miss this. Thank you for tuning in to 98.9 FM, The Answer. The Bruce Hooley Show. Jack Windsor back with you on the other side of this break. 